Thank you for showing up in the place where we come together and sit in circle and share the stories that inspire us. Get ready to enjoy this next powerful journey outdoors in nature. Hey, thanks for joining us. If this is the first time you've clicked on and listened, then kudos to you for trying something new. And if you're back, thanks so much for building on the connection that we're establishing and sharing more stories. Today, I have, uh, I'm very excited, I have Henry Friend, great name, uh, with us today to share uh, like a, a story that he has and we can get to know him a little bit more. And I'm, I feel like he's going to be really inspiring. We've just been chatting beforehand and even I've already got like the, the yes, I want to go do something kind of vibe. So thanks for joining us, Henry. Uh, thank you. So we'll get straight stuck into it. So if you could introduce your body for me. So how old you are and what stage of life you feel like you're at? Um, so I'm 21 and I think I am in the learning stage of life, mm-hmm. learning about Everything that there is to know, I guess. And, you know, I know nothing. So it's an awesome time to be alive. Okay. Perfect. And how old are you? Uh, 21. 21. Excellent. So young. Such a little baby. Uh, And I'd love for you to introduce your soul. So what is something that, like, lights you up and just you just love? Um, So as you'll probably hear more about, and I know we've been talking about a lot, um, like being on rivers, um, being outdoors really uh, lights me up and makes me really excited. Um, But I guess also... Just like knowing new things, uh, trying out different things is really cool and yeah. gets me inspired, yeah. Okay. And when, like, is it just rivers or is it water? Like, why rivers? Um, well, I think it is also water, but I think there's something, like, very powerful and very spiritual about being on a river. Okay. I think it's that, like, process on a river of journeying. Um, no matter how long the journey is, but also not even your own journey, but the journey of the river is pretty mm. spectacular. It's kind of like it was there before you got there and it'll be there after you leave. Yeah. Kind of it just keeps going. And I love how rivers look from the sky. You know, it's one thing to be like in them and when you're from the sky, like they really do look like the veins that just mm. run through the earth. So yeah, definitely. Um, and have you always loved rivers? Yeah, I think so. I think um, like it's something that has grown on me over time and... Yeah. Um, I think it really developed uh, when I was at school, when I was on like my outdoor ed programs and I started to learn more about the outdoors and about rivers. And I think as I've like grown post-school mm-hmm. um, and I started to get into whitewater paddling pretty seriously, like being around rivers, um, being in rivers, yeah. being part of rivers, all of that kind in, of cool on, stuff. around thinking about, dreaming yeah, about. <laughs> um, I think it it's like a slippery slope um, that you kind of can't help but be impressed and amazed by how cool mm. rivers are. Yeah, which I think is going to be a, a segue into, because I'm pretty sure I know now what we're going to talk about, but what is a powerful journey that you've had outdoors in nature? And I know you have had a lot, but the one that kind of really, because I asked you, you were like, I don't know which one to do, but like which one would you have loved to have heard about? Yeah, well, I think like as you were saying, um, it's it's really hard to kind of pick out a singular thing mm. that you want as as something that has had a really powerful impact. And I, I think, at least for me personally, I find that's because every time I go outdoors, no matter like what type of thing it is, whether it's like just walking along the beach like I did this morning um, or whether it's like a bigger journey, um, you know, be that in a kayak. Um, and I've been pretty lucky to have some pretty special journeys on rivers. Mm. Um, I think every time that you go outdoors, you always like learn something new or you develop mm. yourself in some way. So it's really hard to pick a singular um, moment or like a singular journey that's been that powerful. But I think as I look back on it and as we were kind of saying like earlier, there is something really, really powerful about that first moment where you realise your connection to the outdoors mm. and you realise why it excites you so much. It's like that, oh shit moment. Yeah. Like, um, I got the feels right now. Yeah, and for me, I think that was probably in grade 10, um, actually on a school camp that we did. Yeah. Um, and it was really powerful for me. Um, it was on white water. Um, it was really lucky we got to go down to the Nimboida River mm-hmm. um, in northern New South Wales. And for me, I think that was the big spark that um, like really got me on boards doing mm. outdoors things. And I think probably changed the trajectory of my life. You know, mm. I'm now oh, um, a, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a, basically a full time like river paddler. Yeah. Like love being on rivers. Um, you know, I work on rivers now, I play on rivers mm. and I try and be on them as often as possible. So I think that for me was the really special moment where I kind of realized 
like how amazing yeah. everything outdoors is. Um, so little little Henry, little grade ten Henry, like what what spurred you to even pick that? Because you like at school you had choices, right? Didn't yeah, you have the so we outdoor? we had a few options um, in grade ten, um, which was like a really like great opportunity. And I guess I was kind of flicking through them. I was a pretty nerdy kid. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, but there were a few options, you know, kind of like there was a climbing trip. Um, I think there was a mountain biking trip or there was kind of this paddling thing. And mm. I was like, this sounds cool. I had a little description about it and it was like, you know, then in is this magical river that runs through northern New South Wales. Mm. Um, it has beautiful white water, but it's not just about the white water. It's like this mm. long extended journey. And mm. like when you're on that journey you're self-sufficient and it's just you and your team going mm. down the river. Well, you sold it to me. And I, I, yeah, and I think I think that just sounded really cool to me. And so yeah. I was like, I'll just go with the flow and see what happens. Um, and I wasn't really sure like whether I'd even go on it because it all depended on numbers and things. Yeah. So we kind of put in the one we wanted and then, you know, by the magic powers that be, mm-hmm. we got allotted to whatever it was and... I was really lucky that I did get a lot of tooth mm. in Boyda trip. Um, and so, uh, like a week before, we met with uh, Kelly, who was one of the instructors, mm-hmm. and she kind of like gave us a little rundown, and it sounded really cool. But we were kind of told, well, the river's really low. Like, mm. do you guys actually want to go on it still? Oh, okay. Um, and, what's the leeway with the Nimbo? Um, so it's pretty awesome, like, especially the section that we were doing in the section that like a lot of schools or companies do. Which is the Buckaramita Jack Andrew. Yeah. Um, I'm just planting seeds for our listeners yeah. so that they know where to go. Um, so it's really amazing because that section of the Nimboida, it's really beautiful. It's around about 45 kilometres. Mm-hmm. Um, and the great thing about it is that you can paddle it from really, really low levels up to like medium high levels yeah. and it's still be an amazing adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we were looking at paddling it, um, when I was in grade 10, it was about 0.45, which is relatively low on yeah. the scale. Yeah. Like most people think that a good level to paddle the Nimbo is about probably 0.7 to a metre. Okay. So it was, you know, quite quite under that. Mm. Um, and to give an example, scrape. yeah, a bit of bum <laughs> scraping like definitely would be involved. So, But we weren't to know any of this. Um, yeah. And I think that was kind of one of the magical things about it is that, you know, even though we were told, hey, this is going to be really low and... Mm there's the option we could do something else, like we could maybe figure out something else. I think it was kind of the unknown. It was really cool. Even though we were getting this beta, it was kind of like, well, I don't know what that means. So (laughs) You're like, like, I don't even have a scale, so let's go anyway. So let's go. I'm sure it will be cool. And so that was kind of the lead up to it. Um, You know, there was a flurry of packing bags the night before, not really knowing what I needed, but Mm -hmm. um, like I had bought some really cheap dry bags and I was like, I'll use them. And that way I know my gear will be dry. Mm-hmm. So I kind of popped them in and then, you know, I arrived the next morning to get on the bus. And I think that's when it set in that it, we were, like, actually going. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool because... How many of there were you? Um, I think we had a group of around about kind of 15 people. So you've got, like, 15. You've got 13 15-year-old smelly boys. Yeah. And you had two female leaders. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we had like two instructors, so Kelly and Laura, and we had a teacher um, from our school as well, Chris. Um, And that was kind of our little group that we made our way down to the river. Um, And it was pretty magical getting towards the river because um, Kelly, who is a local of Nimboida, or was a local Mm. at that time, Mm. um, she was talking to us about the river as we were driving down. And it was pretty special hearing stories about the river's past and about the river's, like, present. Um, and I think the thing that really struck home with me was when we drove um, off the main highway and you turn onto Old Glen Innes Road. Um, and as you get towards it, the road turns to dirt. Mm. Um, and you turn this big bend and on your right-hand side, you can actually see the river Mm -hmm. just upstream of Buckarumbi Bridge. And you're probably only about, I don't know, two kilometres upstream of the river. Mm -hmm. But it's this beautiful facade of like the river stretching down as far as the eye can see. Mm. And you look over and I think it hits you that you're really there. Mm. Um, And I know I've been on that river many, many times since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that first time you see it is always pretty special on mm. that bend. Um, and, yeah, that was the, like, introduction to the river, I guess. Mm. 
So you've all you've all got your been in the bus for what like four hours kind of thing yeah. you've been able to see the river you're going down everyone gets out of the bus all the stuff is out the canoes are off and then like the, the bus drive away yeah it's and a the, like, pretty what's that crazy fl- like flurry of activity um especially for someone who doesn't know what's happening <laughs> um like i just remember being there and kind of looking up at these three people who had all done it many times before. Um, and they kind of knew exactly what was happening. And it's like, yep, we're doing this. I'll go over and do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just sitting there going like, there's so much here that I don't know anything about, but it's really cool. Mm. Um, and like after we kind of got camped up, we had a little chat. A brief. We actually got on the river um, that afternoon and did some um, like skill sessions. Yeah. So we were paddling whitewater kayaks and canoes. Cool. So whitewater kayaks were kind of like they're short boats. Um, you know, similar to what you would see if you've seen any kind of whitewater kayaking videos online mm-hmm. or that type of thing. Um, they were quite foreign to all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that's different about a whitewater kayak from, say, like a sea kayak or a fa- flatwater racing mm. boat is they're very short um, and they're very easy to turn around. Oh, man. Um, no, it's not, like, easy to turn around. You just turn around, <laughs> don't you? It's like, wee! Yeah. Like, you just rotate on the spot. Yeah. yeah. And um, for someone who doesn't know how to kayak, that's yeah. kind of like the raison d'etre. That's yeah. the way it is. Um, and so we all got on and... Um, Laura, who was taking the kayak skills, kind of like popped on her deck, mm-hmm. slid off the rocks into the water, mm-hmm. glides away, and then starts like paddling around, doing some turns, like carving, all yeah. this really cool stuff. And we kind of like awkwardly get in, <laughs> like struggle donuts. with, you know, struggle with getting the deck on, and eventually like plodge into the water, and then, you know, yeah, just donuts um, all the way around. And it's like, oh, guys, just go over there and do this thing. Yeah. And like, this is how you do it. And it's like, oh, that looks cool. I will definitely be able to do that. Of course. No issues. And then you kind of do it and you're like, oh, maybe not, but I definitely got it. And then you try it again and you're like, oh, maybe not. And you just kind of kept on doing this repetitive practice. Yeah. And I don't think I got much better that day, but it was cool to start really feeling the boat and how it moved with the water. Because mm-hmm. um, you're like in the boat. You yeah. Know? Like, like I think the deck is half the, the struggle, right? Just yeah. Because you've got to like stretch it forward because it's like a skirt that goes over the top that keeps your legs like watertight. Yeah. But I find that, A, just getting that on is hard enough. And then, but when you're there, you're like, and I guess it's kind of, I like the difference. Uh, often people, I get really annoyed when people call canoeing rafting. They're like, yeah. oh, you guys do whitewater rafting. I'm like, no, we don't fucking do rafting. Because yeah. like rafting, you're sitting so much on top of the water. Yeah. And then canoeing to me is this kind of middle ground where, I mean, you've got another partner usually yeah. as well, but you're kind of in it, but on it. And it's, yeah. And then, but for me, kayaking, you're more in it. Like yeah. you're kind of below the water. It's almost like hard to see too far ahead, especially when you're in a rapid. So I love how unique each one of them is. Yeah. And it's, um, and if you're good at one, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going <laughs> yeah. to be good at the other. <laughs> yeah. But it was really cool that first day just being able to, I guess, like feel the water and feel how it was all going. And I remember mm. getting off the water after maybe doing, I don't know, 20 minutes of kayaking. Um, and we did also canoe skills as well. So another 20 minutes of that. Yeah. Um, and some wet exit practice, which you have to do in kayaks because you've obviously got a neoprene skirt. So you yeah. need to learn how to get out. That puppy deck. Yeah. And um, I just remember kind of being like, really tired after it um and getting out and kind of going wow that was really full-on like this will be a really big journey um but i don't think i was too daunted i was just kind of like this is what's going to happen we just have to like have a reset and get ready to go but i was very thankful of getting off the river and having dinner and going to sleep um and I think it was really wonderful we were able to sleep under the stars that night under mm. a tarp, which was the first time I had tarped, um, you know, and learned <laughs> I don't know the, if I've ever tarped. the magic of tarpology. Um, <laughs> yes. But it was really magical just, like, lying there. And Bakarambi is a really beautiful camping mm. area um, because you're just off the river. Um, and it was really magical. And it kind of comes up on, like, three levels, three steps. We were kind of on, like, the third one. So you yeah. get this beautiful, stunning view yeah. across the water. Um, and we were up there, and it was beautiful that night, just being able to lie underneath the stars and kind of slowly go off to sleep. Mm. I guess 
wondering what was coming up next. Yeah. And I love that the whole time that even when you go back to stillness, the water is still moving. Like, mm. it, it just, she keeps flowing. Well, hopefully she'll keep flowing, but like, yeah, there's something. And then even in the morning, like, you know, when you have all that mist on yeah. the river and just how it transforms during the day, like you mm. say, you get to get so intimate mm. with the water. Okay. So you kind of got a few dorky skills. You've got everyone, you've got everything because you're going to be self-sufficient and you set off the next day. What happens? Because it's about a four. How many days did you guys do it in? Like um, so we did it in, yeah, four days, four, I guess. Which is, so, which is a push. Yeah, so like we did like a day at the start, which was training and we just stayed at Bakarambi and then yep. we were actually three days on the river. Yeah. And then we had a final day of kind of pack up at the end and yeah. that was really nice as well. But yeah, so we were on the river for three days um, and... I think the really cool thing was the expectation was set at the start that we were like, you know, one big tribe, one big family, mm. and that we had to work together. Um, Did you have any friends in particular on the trip? Uh, I don't think I had any really close friends, but okay. it was really quite nice, I guess, at least towards the start, like learning about some new people. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, being outdoors, especially doing something that is um, like really out of everyone's comfort zone is really cool mm. about bringing people together. It evens up the playing field, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, and um, I definitely know um, now doing a whole lot of personal paddling and, mm. um, like, I've been really lucky to have paddled, um, like, in many different places in Australia um, and a few places overseas. Mm. And I think one of the really magical things about doing something in whitewater or on rivers is that you make friendships really quickly mm. and they become really special friendships because, you know, like I'm relying on you and you're relying mm. on me and that's a really special way of kind of coming together. And even though like on a school trip, you know, realistically you're not relying on yourself, you're relying yeah. on like um, the instructors, instructors to keep you safe, I think there's still that kind of recognition that you still have to be aware of what you're doing and maybe make some choices about what you feel comfortable paddling mm. or like... And I love it because there are real-life consequences. You mm. have the shared experience in this real... That's one of the things I love about white water is like... I like the fact... like, And this may sound... But like it can get intense. And if you're not switched on sometimes and you're not in that moment, mm. like you'll miss something and someone will get hurt. Yeah. And it's like... Maybe because we, I guess, my life is pretty cushy. Like I'm, I'm very fortunate to have all the things I do. Like I just... If I'm... Don't feel like cooking. It's mm. not like I have to go to the backyard, grow a vegetable and come back. Yeah. I can just like order food and get it delivered to my house. Like, So to be in that environment where it's like, oh, what I do actually matters here mm. is really powerful. Yeah. Um, and I think like I found that out really on the first day um, when we actually set off. So we had done the like the kayak canoe skills the day before. And the first day, there's this little like rapid just under Buckrumby Bridge, which is where yep. you set off from. Um, and it's quite powerful, the vista, because you're sitting back behind the bridge and the river kind of bends, Mm. um, behind the pylons of the bridge. And what happens is basically instructors go down first and they do what's called setting up safety in the river. So they will jump out of their boats and wade to somewhere that they need to be so that, say, if, like, you were to go off course or, like, something went wrong, they could get you, push you back on course or help you out. Yeah. Um, and there's this moment that we were sitting there waiting for, like, Laura, Kelly and Chris to get in position where there's this real sense of trepidation because you can't see them anymore. <laughs> and you're just there, you know, like, well, not by yourself, but kind of, with your own head kind of like figuring out this is the first time I'm going to do white water. I've never done this. And it feels really big. Like it feels like a massive rapid, you know. So big. I still Um, get that sometimes. (laughs) uh, And it was really cool, you know, going down that first rapid. And I, looking back on it now, I I did not do a good job. (laughs) Um, There was a lot of rock bumping. Um, You know, admittedly it was at a low level, but there was a lot of kind of like, oh, that's where I want to go. And then not going anywhere near that line. Mm. Um, But it was pretty magical being able to go down there um, and complete that first rapid. And then you get on this bend. And I have couldn't tell you how many times I've done this section now. It's Mm. um, so many. It feels really magical going back on the Nimborna. But the first time I did it, I remember just thinking that this river bend must have been like four or five or six or seven kilometers. It just kept on going. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was probably, I was in a whitewater kayak 
and it's I could so only hard do, to do flat yeah. water in white water gear. Like, yeah. it's, yeah, um, it's not smooth. No. It's not light. No, yeah. and every, like, two moments, I'd be going in a 360. Yeah. Because I just, something would go wrong, and I wasn't sure what at the time, and I'd just be whipped around. And all yeah. of my momentum would stop, and yeah. I'd have to start again. And I just remember, like, thinking, you know, it must only be 30 minutes, but my gosh, we've done, like, you know... 20 kilometers like how will I be able to go on um but it was really strange because slowly and surely I think my confidence improved Mm. and along with my confidence my actual paddling skills also improved and it started to not feel like it was taking so long and we got to the next rapid and I was slightly better on it Mm. um and that first day is really nice on the Nimborda from Bakarambi um to Ramoni because there's a really nice skill progression in it. Mm. Um, you kind of start off with some really small, like, gravel races. And the pinnacle of the day is a rapid called Pyramid Rock or Doughboy Steps. Um, and that kind of comes around lunchtime. So you've had half a day of getting to know the river, mm-hmm. getting to know your own skills, and getting to know the group and how it functions to be ready for that. Um, and, yeah, by that time, I was actually paddling in a straight line most of the time. I was feeling a lot more confident and... I was really loving the river. Mm. Yeah. So. so we've so I love this. So like little Henry's just embracing it all. He's just like learning new skills. He's having like um those those beautiful learning curves, like literally as you curve around the river and you're kind of like, you know, you're learning stuff about you, about a new skill, about the water. Like is this whole trip just smooth sailing? Like is it just and then you all like held hands at the end <laughs> and like some kumbaya? Um, I mean it was very magical, um, but it was actually a bit different because um, we kind of had two things that maybe made the trip um, uh, like not more difficult, but like there were more challenges on the trip that we had to overcome. I feel like you're trying to be really politically correct. Um, what happened? <laughs> so it was really interesting. Um, we had like a group that came from like a, a very wide background within the school, I guess. So, um, you know, there were a few more like bookwormy type people like me. And then we had a whole lot of kind of like these really like jockey guys who would come mm. along on the trip because um, they, I guess, thought it would you know be good to show off that they could do a hard trip. Sure. Because um, it was kind of billed as like the ultra extreme difficult trip. Yeah. Um, but I think the problem was that a lot of these boys even though you know they might have been like in the gym a lot or whatever um kind of doing that is very different from having to do like long endurance or long Mm, long paddling um and a lot of it is not even kind of like physical strength a lot of it's about like how you interact emotionally with the river and stuff and quite a few of the boys couldn't do that very well um and because it's almost like the river versus you isn't it yeah you're moving through it you're not moving yeah you're not connected to nature it's just that this is the water and this is gonna paddle and do this stroke yeah Yeah. and i think as well when you become disconnected from the river um like that's when it becomes way harder Mm -hmm. um and like i'm i find being in river places very spiritual um so i personally like never try and verse the river because I think like that's a really bad way of being on the river Mm -hmm. um and I know like sometimes if I start thinking negative thoughts while I'm on paddling trips or kind of like having bad river juju Mm -hmm. that often comes along with me then messing up a rapid or like you know having a swim or something and I think Mm -hmm. a lot of that's based on the fact that you start having this kind of like binary like oh it's me or the river type thinking Mm -hmm. when really like you and the river are trying to be there together Mm. like you know it's I think of kind of like paddling as this beautiful dance Mm. um and like you know you can't dance I mean I've never done ballroom dancing but I expect you can't dance a waltz without (laughs) a partner right and it's kind of like that with paddling like you can't paddle without a river but there is also no paddling if you're not on the river so you have to kind of be connected and I think a lot of the other boys on my trip didn't realise that Yeah. Um, and so they were kind of doing this whole like you know uh, trying to yeah like be against the river and it didn't work out very well for them Um, a lot of them got I guess very over it very like uh, stressed and kind of uh, 
beaten um, while they were on the river trip. It's like a control thing. It's just like they want to control the river. You want to control where your boat goes. You want to control all of these things. And one of the things I love about the rivers is like she is so gentle sometimes and she Mm. will flip you on your ass other times. Like like you say, if you're not like centered in what you're doing and able to adapt and to go with the flow and not hold it personally, like she doesn't do it personally, Mm. but, but... She'll she'll give you the lesson that you need, yeah. Kind of thing, and yeah, and you learn that pretty quickly, I think. Yeah. Or you can resist it, and but it just gets more and more intense, yeah. and you get more frustrated, and yeah, yeah. Or you can kind of surrender a little bit and be like, "Oh, how can I move with you this time?" Yeah, and I think that was so. It was um, kind of, I guess, came to a head on the first night. So we had done day one. Um, Don't you reckon one day feels like three or four? Yeah. Like when you're on the river, yeah. You're like yeah. at the end of day one, it feels like it's been a lifetime. <laughs> And um, so we had done, you know, Pyramid Rock, um, Dobo Steps, which was that big rapid I mm-hmm. had mentioned before. Um, there were a few other little things afterwards. We had come to the end of the day one, pulled up at our campsite, and the first campsite you come to, um, we were actually staying a tiny bit above Romorni. Mm-hmm. So Romorni is the, like, main access for the Nimborda. Mm-hmm. Really beautiful. You can get into it via um, four-wheel drive. Yeah. But... The really nice thing that we decided to do was actually camp slightly upstream, um, which meant that you couldn't actually access it by vehicle. So it was this beautiful remote campsite. Mm. Um, but by the same time, it was also um, like private property that the school had kind of worked in with yep. the local landholder that we could use it. Um, really beautiful, like these incredible... And I've, you know, camped there a number of times since then. And it's just these beautiful, like, rolling hills of green mm. um, after a day of paddling. But I don't think that was the experience that we had when we first pulled up. Um, you know, it had been a really long day, the first time on the river. And spirits weren't that high. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everyone was pretty over it. And I think some of the other boys who, you know, I mentioned before were kind of a bit beaten by the river. Like, they were done. They didn't want to have any piece of it anymore. Um, they didn't like the tarp situation. Yep. It was all too much yeah. for them. Um, and I think kind of the thing that then played on it was that there was a whole lot of, like, cow poo around us, which, you know, is part of being outdoors. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, like, you know, all of the little 10-year, like, not 10-year-old, but, like, yeah. year 10 students went like, oh, no, that's too much for us. Yeah. Um, and... A lot of the boys, yeah, just couldn't handle with that. And that was like, no, that's that's my kind of... I'm drawing the line in the sand yeah. here. Um, and so that night was kind of... There was a lot of complaining and moaning, which made it really hard to stay positive about mm. kind of being on the river. Um, and I remember I my mood kind of soured as well a tiny bit um, that evening. So I was a bit slow. You know, we kind of all had dinner, cleaned up, went to bed... Um, and the next morning we woke up and it was like, oh, yeah, like everyone was complaining and it didn't sound, it didn't seem that awesome at the time. Um, and I remember, like, I think had a few different choices of breakfast. I think it might have been like wheat bix or like, you know, some cereal thing. Yeah. Um, and we had the option, there was some milk powder so you could make some milk yeah. with it, right? Um, and I remember kind of just being like, I'm not going to make milk powder. There's no point. I'm just going to have dry wheat bix <laughs> And so I remember sitting there, you know, like with a bowl and this dry wheat bix kind of eating them dry, yeah. kind of going like, oh, this is... What have I done? What have I done? Like, this is really painful. Um, and, you know, you kind of then have to go back and pack up your campsite. And that was the first time that we'd, like, I'd ever been on a trip where we kind of did, like, multiple camps. Yeah. Like, usually... Um, like I'd done a bit of camping with my parents and like I'd done obviously previous kind of like school camps and all of them, we kind of like camp somewhere and then go and do things. Yeah. And this was the first time where every single camp. day you have to move your entire mm-hmm. life, I guess, while mm-hmm. you're on the river. Um, and while I ended that trip and like at the end of the trip, I, I actually remember thinking that was really cool that we did that. Mm-hmm. I remember waking up on day two and kind of going... This is the worst thing. Ever. Oh, like, why do we have to do, we have do it again? This? Yeah, um, <laughs> I still get like that sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, so it was like a tough morning. You know, I had eaten dry wheat bix, <laughs> um, and the people who were complaining the night before were continuing c- c- mm. to complain. Um, and so we kind of, you know, packed up our gear, put it in the kayaks, put it in the canoes. Um, 
and I just remember, you know, like slowly putting on this wet, cold paddling gear, um, <laughs> and like getting into my kayak because I was I was in a kayak at that point, and like slipping into the water. And I just remember when I hit the water, like my attitude changed. Mm, it all and, made sense. Yeah, and it was like really crazy because I went from being really over it all to kind of being like it doesn't matter I'm on the water Mm. I'm ready to go and it's really awesome Mm -hmm. and like I think as well we were really lucky to have um Kelly and Laura who are two exceptional outdoor educators who were able to read the feel of the group Mm -hmm. um and I think realized that we weren't doing that well Mm. um and kind of also helped build us up a tiny bit like you know, reinforce that we actually did have some skills on the water mm-hmm. that was going well. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, also hand over a tiny bit of control on the water to us. So being at such a low level mm. means that most of the stuff is pretty low risk because, yeah. you know, worst thing comes to worst, you it just actually stuck. like stand up. <laughs> yeah. um, so we were really lucky that um, myself and one other boy, James, who was probably the other shining light in the darkness of the trip, he was quite positive <laughs> as well, um, that we were kind of given this first, um, I think it was called like, you know, like river safety position yeah. on the trip. Um, so we got this role where we kind of, if it was safe enough, um, we were able to, I guess, go down the rapid first, yeah. eddy out somewhere and like help everyone else with safety things. Yeah. And looking back on it, oh, I did nothing of really any value <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> it was like, you know, we'd look at these things. And the other thing with whitewater is that um, to be able to paddle whitewater, you have to start doing what's called reading whitewater, where mm. you kind of look at the water. And it's this really magical thing where, like, you know, there might be a riffle or a wave or something that's curling or like a, a divot in the water. And all of these things are little clues that we can mm. use to see what's actually going on in the water and how we can paddle. And mm. it might be, you know, we can look and we can see that there might be a curling wave. And if we go on that curling wave, that might push us around. Or there's all this really magical, like, reading of the river knowledge that you gain. Yeah, and she's um, giving you all this information, isn't she? Yeah. She's just like, oh, be careful over here and go down this way and, yeah. Um, but obviously as someone very new to oh. paddling, I didn't have any of this information. <laughs> um, so I was uh, trying to make judgments about where to go without really having any information to back it up. And um, there were a lot of times where obviously we had seen some really great examples of how to do river yeah. safety um, from like our three teachers um, and one of the things that they were doing quite a lot was eddying out, which is where you cut into an eddy, yep. um, which it's is still like, yeah, part, still of, part still of the rapid. Water, so yep. it's um, a place where you can kind of stop in the middle of a rapid, yep. take a breather. But if you're doing a trip with um, students or even if you're on a personal trip, it's also important because you can therefore stop and actually set up safety or yep. make sure, watch the rest of your crew come down. And um, I remember the first rapid that we did, I kind of spoke to James and we saw these two eddies or what we thought were called eddies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, which ended up just being, I guess, really shallow rocks. Um, uh. But we were able to explore it and we were yeah. able to figure that out for ourselves. So yes. we actually went down, paddled into it, got absolutely beached on <laughs> these rocks yeah. um, and then kind of helped everyone else by kind of pointing like, we're in a bad position, go yeah. not near <laughs> yeah. where we were. But it was really awesome having the opportunity to... Um, figure that out and yeah, experiential learning. yeah and all through that day we were really lucky to be able to do that quite a lot mm-hmm. um, there were quite a few larger rapids on that day that we weren't able to mm-hmm. um, so you have like on the second day of Nimboida, um, which is from Ramoni to the junction mm-hmm. where the Man River comes in you've got like uh, the Maze which is a really cool long rapid um, but we were really lucky. We were able to kind of stand at the very top of the maze and help with signalling people coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. You know, then you go into like Kungalbunk Falls, which is Portage. Um, and I think that was the first time that I saw like what slightly larger white water mm. looked like. So um, most of the stuff we had seen before that point was like grade two maybe. Yeah. Um, Kungalbung is like, I mean, in the guidebook, it says it's a grade four, but it's probably pushing like a grade three. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know like a lot larger than what we had been on or what we had seen. And I remember kind of looking at it um, and there's all this spray coming off um, because it's a little kind of drop that you, that you go down to two stage. And I just remember, yeah, because we got out of our car and we actually went and had a look at it. 
and there was this spray coming off it and it's this roaring loud noise mm. and um, I think Laura and Kelly were standing like right on the precipice mm-hmm. of this rock that overhangs quite close to the rapid um, and it was really magical and really wild to be there with them and listening to them kind of like shout over this rapid about what it is mm-hmm. and like how you would paddle it if you were going to. And I remember mm. looking at it at the time and going, like, how? I'm never going to paddle that. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. so scary. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I've been really lucky that I've been able to paddle it quite a few times now. Yes. But it was just that magical sense of wonder about this very natural, raw thing. Mm. Um and I remember going at home and telling my parents that it was like, you know, a 30-metre waterfall <laughs> yes. um, that was like the most crazy thing that I'd ever seen and like, whoa. Um, for those, you know, listening at home, um, Kungalbung Falls is maybe like a half a metre yeah. kind of yeah. um, slide. Yeah. But at the time I thought it was, um, yeah, that this like mammoth drop. Um, and I remember telling like mum and dad about it um, and just how crazy it was. Um, that we were near that um, kind of like raw natural beauty, but that we got to explore it in a way that probably no one else could. Yeah. Um, you know, through the medium of the river. I love you. Just have so much respect for the river and so yeah. much love for it. Um, so that was really amazing. And then there are a number of other really great rapids um, kind of on that section of the Nimboida for that day as well that we got to do. Um, but the highlight from that day, other than obviously seeing Kangalbung, which I think was really special, was. Um, we got to a river called Demolition Derby. Yep. Uh, or Rapid, sorry, not a river. <laughs> um, and it's kind of this, like, long boulder garden. And mm. a boulder garden is where there's heaps of rocks and you kind of have to manoeuvre in between the rocks mm-hmm. to get down. Um, and because the river was quite low, um, the first move that you have to make on Demolition Derby... Um, like, there are a lot of lines, but the way we chose was to stay quite to the left. Okay. And the first move up the top, you actually go over a rock that was, like, partially exposed. So we were able, or, like, James and myself, we actually were asked to get in the river and we were, like, helping haul the boats over this first rock. Mm-hmm. And it felt really cool mm-hmm. because it felt like we were really being part of, like, the safety and mm-hmm. team, um, you know, which in actual case we really weren't. But um, it was still, you know, part of helping the group and yeah. it felt really special being able to really do something that did actually affect and impact the group's ability to get down. Um, And the other nice thing about that was that because we were helping, we kind of got to go towards the end. And it's really magical, especially when you're really new to something, to be able to kind of do something a bit more by yourself. Mm. Um, So it was cool, like, because we got to go at the end, we felt a bit more kind of like, uh, I guess, hands-on because there wasn't as many people to help us. Yeah, totally. Um, But that was also where I had not my first scare, but like it was quite cool because I went down and halfway down this rapid there's um, on the left there's a bit of like a hole which is where water recirculates upstream so yeah. it creates a bit of a a river feature that you can get stuck in and or play in if you're a competent mm-hmm. paddler um, but I kind of just touched this feature um, and went backwards so I got yeah. turned around <laughs> so I was facing upstream on the river so looking you know at the rapid I had just come yeah. down Um and, yeah, I just remember being, like, really scared and, like, yeah. what's this? I'm going backwards. Um, but you kind of just have to, like, you have to make go it with work. it. Yeah. Um, and I think in the moment it was quite, uh, like, different having to do that. Mm. But once I had finished it and I was like, oh, look at me, I'm all fine. Like, that mm. was quite exciting. It was really cool looking back on that because I think it kind of comes into this whole thing about, like, you know, you just have to flow with the river. And I think that's a really great metaphor for life. Mm. Um, I sort of cross-promo into, like, life messages, you know, <laughs> because I have so much life experience to impart um, with 21 years on the planet. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's something that is quite true is that um, you do kind of just have to flow in life. And a lot of the time, you know, and I have found this now doing a whole lot more rivering, but I think being on paddling or being on rivers teaches you really well that Mm. you do have to kind of just move with life and ebb and flow and you know sometimes the path isn't what you expect but it might be it's you're still going downstream Mm. you're still working with the river to get down there it's more how you react to it yeah and i think that was kind of the biggest learning for me on that day was Mm. like that 
had quite an impact on me, I guess, mm. going down that rapid backwards and mm. being really scared and thinking, oh, my gosh, what's going to go wrong? Um, but then, you know, learning that you actually can go backwards. Mm. Um, it's all about kind of being comfortable mm. in the situation and working with the river. Um, Such an embodied experience, isn't yeah. it? It's not just a theory. It's like mm. you're like, I was so in it. And I think that's oh, just like one of the things I feel like you just take it's like you just listen to the river. You're just like, what have you got to teach me? And then you just give it so much love. And I think one of the things that, you know, even you're saying before, even you've said this whole story, which makes you such an amazing river guide, is not only the respect and love you have for the water, but then you have such a photographic memory of all of the rapids. <laughs> like, I mean, I've done Nimbo a couple of times now, but you like, you know that rock on the left and then there's that smaller rock behind it? And I'm like, no, I don't remember that. Like, but you just, you, it's, almost like you feel grateful that you even get to learn it's mm. like and you have such care for it that you're like i want to know that river intimately and mm. you do and i love that because yeah even though you're so young you're so wise in that way but then you also back it up with like i've done my research like i know what i'm mm. doing so i, I love Thank that you. that's very very kind it's so true yeah but um so yeah that was my big moment for that day and yeah. we got to camp and um I've spoken to many other paddlers about this. Um, so this this camp is at the junction of the Man and mm-hmm. the Nimboida Rivers, and it's yeah. actually where the Nimboida changed its name to the Man, which yeah. is really strange because for anyone who's paddled on the Nimboida, you'll know that the Nimboida is like this 20-metre behemoth. <laughs> it's the big one. Yeah. Uh, and the Man comes in on the left, and it's maybe like a metre and a half across. Yeah. Um, but... Obviously, someone in their wisdom thought that the river needed to be changed to sure. the man. Um, and on your left, just at the the confluence, you have this little campsite um, that's got this incredible view of the river. Mm. Um, you're up maybe like two and a half metres, so yeah. the, it kind of rises steeply on this bank and you have this incredible um, panoramic view across the river downstream and upstream. Yeah, um, yeah like... I have never spoken to anyone who has denied the fact that it is an incredible view. <laughs> yeah. But most of the people I speak to do agree with me um, <laughs> that the campsite itself isn't that great. So it's on sand. Mm. It's pretty rocky. It's um, got some weird juju there as well, it too. It does. It does. And uh, for a group that, you know, was having a few, uh, I guess, you know, positivity issues, <laughs> um, it, was, it was a bit of a downer... I guess, again, sure. for the group to kind of come and be in another campsite that was, oh. like, not great. Um, yeah. And obviously trying to set up tarps um, on sandy ground, as anyone who's tried that will know, is kind of a bit difficult because when you set up a tarp, you're working on, like, the... Um, you know, if you're setting it up in an A-frame, you're kind of working on having tension across yeah. the tarp to keep it tight. But when you're putting pegs into sand that, like, will move, <laughs> it's very hard to do that, um, which we learnt a few times yeah. um, before we got it set up. And I think it took it out of the group a lot doing that. Yeah. Um, so we were we had a lot more, like, whinging and complaining that night. Yeah. Um, but once again, you know, much kudos to our teachers. Um we set up a fire, yeah. uh, and I think being, you know, using like fire is really powerful. Um, that type of medium, like being around a campfire, um, as a way of, I guess, being it's very restorative. Mm. Um, sorry, I kind of like meandered my way around what yeah. I wanted to say there, but yeah, being at a campfire is really quite cool mm. um, in some ways because I think it really brings everyone together. You know, it is like nature's TV as uh, the saying goes. It's mesmerising um, and it's warm and mm. it's, you sit in circle just naturally and, yeah. And uh, so we kind of sat around the fire and I remember that just being really special because it was really calming. Um, and at the same time we had a debrief so we were kind of chatted about like how the day went and things. And one of the things that hit home with me or that worked really well, I guess, was that um, Kelly got us to go around and like say a little thing of appreciation for someone mm-hmm. else in the day that we what we appreciated about them being on the trip. Yeah, and I think that was really good because while you know obviously we've talked about how great the rapids were on the day and yeah. like it was really powerful that 
there were still a lot of like group dynamic issues all yeah. through the day. Um, you know, a lot of people kind of being like, Ugh, why are we doing this? Or like when we were portaging um, Kangobung, for example, like people weren't helping out with other people's boats. So yeah. there was like a, you know, a whole lot of like weird group dynamic stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was really nice to be able to just take a step backwards and actually go, well, this is what was great about the day. And it was also nice to have people recognize like your own mm-hmm. contribution to the trip, which was really cool. Um, and it was nice to kind of hear about that. So that was really powerful mm. in that way as well. Um, but it was nice, I guess, to have a moment excuse me, <laughs> of um, calm to be able to, like, figure it out and figure out that we actually did have a really powerful, positive day. Yeah. Um, although I'm not sure whether everyone came to that realisation that evening. Um, <laughs> or this lifetime. Or this yeah. lifetime, yeah. But it was really quite special being able to kind of have that time to think. It's just such, like, it's like your whole life in one trip, isn't it? And Mm. if you can take those things of, like, sometimes you need to, like, when you're in it, it doesn't feel so good, but when you take that moment to pause or to meditate or just to be present and you reflect back and you're like, far out, that actually took me, taught me so much. And when I, upon reflection, yeah, and then when you take that forth next time. Mm. Um, And then, you know, I woke up the next day, and I think the wonderful thing about that campsite is that, most days you get really heavy mist over the Nimboida and when you're at the junction you can wake up before the mist dissipates mm. and you can be sitting it's kind of like this sandy bank that runs very like rapidly down to the water water's edge and um you can be sitting on the edge of this sandy bank looking across as the mist like slowly pulls away from the water like it's kind of moving back up to the heavens yeah <laughs> you know? and on your left-hand side of your vision, you can see all of these rocks start to come up. And this is like the first rapid of the day, yep. which is Bridal Vale Falls, which you have to portage. Yep. And it was really magical waking up to that. Mm. It kind of like really made me very excited about the day. Mm. Um, but it was really cool and we got on the water and obviously knowing it's our last day, I think it was, you know, a bit sad really because mm. we I had really come to love the Nimboida at that point. Um I think maybe some of the other people on the trip may not have had that realisation just yet, um, or maybe they may never have that. But it was, yeah, a bit sad kind of setting up that first, uh, or that last morning rather. Um, but it was really amazing because we now had a skill set that we could do it more mm. as a team. You know, mm-hmm. we had got to the stage where it was kind of less of, like, the teachers telling us this is what we're doing. Yeah you guys need to do it. It was a lot more collaborative, which was really cool. Um, and we got to keep helping out with some of that river safety. So um, on Bridal Vale, you kind of paddle the top section of it before we all pull into this big eddy and then we kind of ported the rest mm-hmm. of it. And it was really cool standing in the eddy and actually helping boats come in, you know, mm-hmm. being there and being the first point of contact to pull boats in mm-hmm. and help people out with I that. I love how physical it is sometimes. Mm. Sometimes I'm just like, ah, yeah. like pulling these, like what feels like 180 kilo <laughs> canoes, like over rocks for like 100, 200 metres. Yeah. Um, and so that was really special. Um, and like the last day... Yeah, amazing scenery. Like the whole of the embroidery yeah. is pretty amazing, but it was amazing because you had a tiny bit more skill. You had a bit more time to kind of look around, you know, and mm. look up and go, "Wow, this is really incredible." Yeah. Um, and the final big rapid of the entire trip and of that day is called New Zealand Falls. Mm-hmm. No one really knows why it's called New Zealand Falls. I'd love to know <laughs> one day why it is. That's so true. If um, any listeners out there happen to know why it's called that, yeah, yeah. just phone in. <laughs> um, but it's really magical because you kind of have this big lead-in rapid and you don't know what's there mm. if you, you've never done it before. Um, and you get the talk, you know, when you come down here, it's a must-make move. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like... There's consequences if you don't make it. Pull into this eddy and then we'll all get out. And so, you know, we all kind of mumbled our way down, got out, we had lunch, Mm -hmm. um, and then we were told that we had to portage because this is the big rapid. Mm -hmm. So we all kind of walked down to have a little, like, look at the rapid. And just like with Kangalbung, I remember being incredibly awed by the size Mm. of this massive waterfall-y thing. Um that we were going to be moving our boats around. And so we all started. It was quite a cool experience because there's a channel, especially at low water, that you can use to kind of float the boats down. Yeah. 
to where you go on the right of um, New Zealand Falls. And so we were all doing that, all helping out, kind of pulling the boats off, getting them to the side. So we had them all off to the side of the river on the bank. Um, and then Kelly decided to run New Zealand Falls. <laughs> um, like, you know, at the end of our yeah. portage. And that was really magical seeing someone do that um and i think it also kind of made me realize that there is more mm. than just kind of you like can do that mm. oh my god you did that um yeah. and i'm sure my parents will tell the story of how i came home and like was utterly impressed of like you know one of my teachers who ran this like 70 meter waterfall <laughs> yeah and like they did it without any fear and they just came down at the end and it looked really clean yeah um Inspiring, And it was really inspiring to see someone be able to do that. And I think also to see someone like Kelly who just did it without any fuss and just, yeah. like, it, it's such a powerful embodied experience but such a personal experience. Mm. Um, and that flowed really interestingly into the next experience we had on the river, which is that Kelly came down, she eddied out off to us. Um, everyone was like, whoa, that was really cool. Like, yeah. you just did that. Um and then we kind of looked up at the sky and I remember like at that time not really having any outdoors knowledge or not enough to be able to kind of make decisions. Yeah. But I remember all the staff looking up and being like, oh, it looks quite green. Like yeah. it looks really green. <laughs> There's uh, something like, coming. It looks like something's coming. And we were all kind of standing there going like, oh, that's so cool. Oh, my gosh, a rapid. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all of the three staff kind of going like, guys, we need to yeah. do something. We need to get off the water now. Yeah. And we're all there going like, oh, do, 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 do. like, <laughs> what's what's the issue? And it turned out that it was hail. Yeah. Um, and so we started getting these small little pellets come down on us. Um, and I just remember being so out of my depth. Like, I had no clue what to do. Yeah. Um, but, like, Laura, Kelly and Chris were all so across it. And they all kind of, like, yelled to us. Because there was so much noise at this point. Yeah. Like, um, for, you know, I'm sure anyone who's been in a hailstorm knows that there's just this cacophony of noise yeah. that happens at the time. And it was quite, a, yeah, a very, like there was a whirlwind of things going on. And it was just magical kind of to look over to the staff members who looked like they knew exactly what they were doing, <laughs> which of course they did. Um, and we're all just very calm at the time and kind of just said, hey guys, we need to get into a huddle um, you know, keep your helmets on, keep your life jackets on, they'll protect you. Yeah. And so we all huddled up um, and I just remember feeling really small um, and and then it started getting a bit heavier. Um, and I just remember, and it was really crazy, like we were, someone screamed like, just run for the boats. <laughs> and so we like all ran to the kayaks and the canoes and we turned them up and lay underneath the kayaks and the canoes yeah. while the hail was hitting the oh. other side of the boats. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was underneath a whitewater kayak, which, you know, isn't much longer than a human being. Yeah. Just kind of like curled up with the cockpit over my face, um, you know, and right against the rocks. And it was a really weird experience because it was really cool knowing that you were safe, but also kind of having the fear of, like, there's still hail out there. Mm. And if I was at home, I'd probably be, like, battening down the hatches and going inside, <laughs> but yeah. there is nowhere to run. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was a really, really powerful experience. Yeah. And um, I often look back at that the hail and actually think that was probably one of the most powerful things about that trip. Yeah. Um, because I think it was the first time that I'd really been exposed to, like, the raw power of of, like, Mother Nature yeah. and um, also, like, just how, you know, we just have to make, like, make it work. Yes. And it was cool being able to make it work yeah. and reflecting on, like, how amazing that experience was but also how, I guess, unknown it was at the time, like, it being the first time that I'd ever been out in a hailstorm. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of crazy a yeah. little bit. Like, that's the first time you experienced that. But I also then love the flip side of that, of being, like... I did that. So now when it rains and I have to get from my car to the shopping centre, like, it's it's no biggie, guys. I've mm. been in the middle of a hailstorm in the middle of an emboida, you know, like, it's like, it's all good. Yeah. I love how it kind of gives you a bit of extra confidence that, like, hey, I handled that and I got through it. Mm. And I love the story that Laura tells. I don't remember this, but um, Laura tells this great story of, like, how when we all emerge from <laughs> the kayaks yeah. um, and kind of got back on the water, that one of the other boys... 
had been hit in his face by a piece of hail. Yeah. And I think it had started to kind of swell up. And he turned to Laura and was like, Laura, um, like, what do I do? It's <laughs> yeah. starting to hurt a whole lot. And Laura just says that she picked up another piece of hail and, like, handed it to him. <laughs> and supposedly the look that she was given was, you know, like a thousand knives sticking <laughs> in. Um, but... I th- I think the cool thing about that little story Laura tells is I think it is a really great way of... Or it's really powerful because it explains kind of the way that I was feeling. It, very differently, of course, yeah. to the Thousand Daggers. But the sense that, like, we'd gone through this really magical thing, but we had these staff who were really capable of being able to help through that process. Yeah. And I remember we got all back on the river and... Not really, like, it wasn't really shell-shocky, but it was this kind of, like really large feeling, I guess, of, like, trepidation and, like, unknowingness. Yeah. Um, and we were all kind of floating towards the next rapid and we all clumped up in a bunch. So what you call rafting up, yeah. um, I guess, is the professional term. <laughs> um, and we were all floating into this next rapid and I just remember Laura kind of coming up the front and wedging her boat into these rocks so that we wouldn't move down into the rapid. Yeah. And at the same time, pulling out a bag of lollies and showing them <laughs> around. And it was just what we needed as a yeah. group at the time because it just really raised the spirits. And it was one of those really small things yeah. that um, I think a lot of the time still is the case for even when we do things personally. Like, yeah. you know, I've been on a lot of river trips now and... After a really long down the water, you know, someone might bring out some chocolate or something. Yeah. And just that little spark of energy that's really nice for a group. Yeah. Um, but at the there's time, so much gratitude for mm. it, isn't there? Just like, you know, usually I can get lollies from anywhere, but you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it was really great just having that moment to kind of all reflect then on what just happened yeah. as a group. That really powerful shared experience that we had. Um, and, yeah, just move on with the trip from there, which was really magical and towards the end actually everyone kind of came together like yeah. i think it still probably wasn't the most cohesive trip but it i think everyone really did learn to get along for the last really? half day as a result of it yeah um and you know paddling to towards the end the end of our trip not the end of the new border was really magical because we kind of had come through this really mm. powerful experience as a team and we were now finishing the trip off mm. um and yeah, we were able to finish off the trip, pull out of the water, start packing up the gear. And the thing that, that stuck with me at the time was that the person that I was tarping with um, was someone that I had never known. I didn't even realise he went to my school, to be honest, <laughs> okay. before that point. Um, sure. And he turned to me that afternoon when we... Um, so when you come off the river, you take out a Jack Adjury. Yeah. And... At Jack Adger, it's really steep from the river up to the campsite. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be like 20 metres mm-hmm. up. Um, and you kind of like come up this track. But when you get to the top, you've got this incredible view mm. downstream of the river as it bends. And I remember George turning to me and being like, I'd love to come back one day and finish off the river. <laughs> and that really stuck with me. Yeah. That like, you know, we've done part of the river, but we've never finished it. And it was really magical about three years later um, after I'd finished school that I was doing my first like one of my first personal journeys that I actually got to go back down on the Nimboida and start from Jack Adjury and go down to Kangai Bridge which was the next bit of the journey Um, and it was nice to be able to kind of keep doing that journey and it was really cool I remember looking back and going I'm finishing it off now you know three years later and I just love the fact that, you know, you're 15, you're doing your first kind of river trip and now you're 21 and you're literally leading those river trips. I feel like that's so, you know, I feel like kids these days are so often like, I don't even know what I want to do. Or I don't know what I like. And it's like, you just followed what fucking felt good. You know, you just did it and it's something that set you alive and you're like, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep tagging along because that's what it is half the time with these <laughs> river trips. Like, you're like, can I come along? Can I come along? And because for the safety reason, you often need mm. other people. But just you kept showing up and then, I mean, now even you work with Laura, mm. you know? And, I mean, just to that, in that such a small time frame and to still see you so lit up by it, yeah, I, it's just it's just so inspiring, I think, for so many kids these days. Inspiring for me, like, even in my early 30s, still just to be like, you just find what's fun and mm. what you like and then you just keep doing it. Yeah, and I think 
like for me, it was really transformational because I found that thing that mm. keeps me awake at night, you know, <laughs> keeps me like smiling and keeps me passionate. And, you know, Australia and especially Southeast Queensland where I'm based, you know, we don't have a whole lot of water. And yeah. obviously at the moment with the bushfires and like the drought conditions, it's really hard reconciling that with my emotions about rivers. Yeah. But I think it's really special as well because... Like, I have this place that I can go to, like, of my memory bank, you know, and relive really special memories on places like the Nimborda, yeah. you know, on other trips that I've done. Um, and I think that's a really powerful thing as well is that I've... I feel really honoured to have been able to, you know, be on these rivers yeah. um, and obviously keep being on them. Yeah. Well, I love that. I, like, I don't even have any other questions for you. I just, I just want to leave everyone in that kind of natural high. Um Thank you for sharing, yeah, what was such an amazing journey for you and I know that it's only really still the beginning, you know, like you still haven't done the Namboida from Source to Sea mm. yet, you know, and the Clarence and all that. So thank you so much for sharing that and inspiring us and, yeah, till next time. I think I'm going to get everybody back to do more than one story. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Henry. Yeah, no problems. No.